All right, are you guys ready to get into our new series today? We're, we're starting something new called Recalibrate. Recalibrate. So get your Bibles out, your sermon notes. You can go on Version Bible app and get the sermon notes and download them. They're available to you there as well. Let's open up our Bibles to Psalm chapter 19. Yeah! yeah. Psalm 19. Recalibrate. 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 Have you ever felt like in your life that there's times where things were just out of balance? Maybe where things were just not flowing smoothly or maybe you're, you're a little bit out of alignment or things just aren't going well. You know, you're those days which you get up and you, you have this feeling like, man, things just aren't clicking. You know what I'm talking about? You know, just like our car, our life needs regular maintenance. You know, we, we got to have regular maintenance, regular checkup for things to run smoothly in our life. And this series is what we're talking about on how we want to do that, that we want to make adjustments and check things out. So because you don't have to wait until you're broken down along the side of the road before you make adjustments in your car. Same way, we don't have to wait until we're broken down spiritually before we decide to get right with God. We don't have to wait till our life is a total mess, our marriage is a failure, or we've lost our job, or our kids are crazy. We don't have to wait for them to stop and say, God, is everything okay with me and you? I believe it's a regular thing we need to have into our lives. So we're, we're talking about that, and, and we're going to do it. Some of, the, some of the instances of adjustments like this I'm talking about, they call it recalibrating. And at the start of every year, we start out with 21 days of prayer and fasting, and some people are always like, well, what's the big deal? Why do you do that? What's the purpose? The purpose in and of itself is not to impress God. It's not to impress other people with how spiritual our church is. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with giving all of us an opportunity to seek God in a different way, to say no to some things, say yes to him, to say, God, I just want to check things out with you, and I want to make sure my priorities are in line with you. I gave you two recalibrating questions to ask yourself in 2018. Number one, God, what do you want me to want? We want to make sure our desires are in alignment with God's desires. So the 21 days of prayer and fasting is an opportunity for you to do a little checkup and say, okay, God, are we on the same page? Are we going the same direction? Am I wanting what you want me to want? It's a great question to ask. Don't be afraid of that question. Don't be afraid of like, well, I want what I want. What if I, what if I want what I want more than what God wants? You want the real answer? Change what you want. You know why? Because what you want is not as good as what God wants. <laughs> That's the simple thing. What he wants is always better. So what do, you, what do you want? We gotta get our alignment, our desires in align with him. So we wanna check our alignment spiritually. Because if we're gonna go along this road in 2018, if we're gonna drive down this road in 2018, we need to make sure our desires are aligned with his. My daughter texted me this morning, she's on her way back to school, and she texted me and said, Dad, we need to get the car into the shop, do something, because it pulls to the right really badly. The car's out of alignment. And when your car's out of alignment, your tires will wear out in places they're not supposed to wear out. What should last longer and be in better shape all of a sudden doesn't last as long and it gets ruined. When we get out of alignment spiritually, 
areas of our life, we wear out where we're not supposed to wear out. Things start to bother us that shouldn't be bothering us. We start to, areas of our life start to go bad where they shouldn't be going bad. So we need to check our alignment and we need to make sure this is what this, this series is about as we, we start to recalibrate our life. It's making sure our desires match up with his. So we want to get those in order. We, we, the second question I gave you, what do you want me to stop or leave behind? So the first one, what do you want me to want? Are my desires in alignment with you? Number two, what do you want me to stop or leave behind? As we do this recalibration, it's a lot of times for us to say yes to something that God wants us to say yes to, we have to say no to something else. That's the fun part. Prayer and fasting is a lot about saying no to yourself and saying yes to God. It's about saying, God, I want to choose you more than my own desires. So this is what we're talking about. How, How do we recalibrate and how do we look at this? So let's check our alignment. I said this last week, and I think it bears repeating. If you ever have to try to deny yourself of anything, we have this allergic reaction to the word deny. (laughs) How many knows you don't have any problem with something until you can't do it? And then you want it like nobody's business. I was watching some TV yesterday, and every commercial was about food. Is it like that all the time? Probably, and I don't notice it. Do I want some of that food? Most of the time, no, but I did yesterday. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you're realizing that that these things are coming across your path, and it's it's making the choice that I don't want what I want, God, I want what you want. I'm saying yes to you and and no to myself. So uh, being willing to deny ourselves. So maybe you haven't jumped in on the prayer and fasting yet. Maybe you you just came last Sunday and you're like, what is this stuff? It's not too late for you to start this week. I encourage you, say no to something in yourself. Say no to one meal a day. Say no to certain types of food, something that you can't do without, something that's precious to you. Say no to that and say yes to God. Well, I don't have to say no to that to say yes to God. I hear that in myself too. (laughs) The day before the fast started, my flesh said, Chad, you don't need to do all that. You love God. You don't need to do that to love God. My flesh is always going to campaign for itself. (laughs) Elect me, elect me. (laughs) We got to vote him out of office. As long as self is running the ship, that ship is going to sink. So prayer and fasting is about just telling my body and my mind, you don't own me, Jesus owns me. That's a big step to crucify that. But I encourage you, jump in and do it to some extent. Let God show you how to do it. But let's look what the word calibrate means. If we're going to recalibrate, we've got to know what the word calibrate means. I'm going to give you the official definition. It may be a little bit overwhelming. It means to standardize, to bring into conformity with a standard by determining the deviation so as to ascertain the proper correction factors needed to adjust precisely for a particular function. Can you just go ahead and quote that back to me? Now, here, all you need is three words. To understand calibrate, you need three words. And this is what we're going to talk about today. The first word is standard. You've got to find out what the standard is. You've got to discover the standard. And we'll talk about that a lot here in just a moment. Second thing, you've got to discover the difference. What's the difference 
determine the deviation from the standard. In other words, what's the, what's the difference between you and what the standard is? And number three is conformity. So for you to understand that big definition of, of calibration, all you need is three words, standard, difference, and conformity. Because conformity is about once I know the difference, then now I need to make corrections or adjustments to get to the standard. Are you tracking with me? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to recalibrate our lives. In this prayer and fasting time, my, my prayer is that I will recalibrate my life and give our church an opportunity for you to recalibrate your life to number one, the most important thing that we're going to do is we're going to discover the standard. So let's look at the first one. What does it mean to have a standard? Let's go look at Psalm 19. You probably wondered, am I ever going to get to that scripture? The standard. Let me give you the definition of standard before I read the scripture. It says, something established by authority, custom, or general consent as a model or example, a rule of measurement. Something established as a model or an example or a rule of measurement. So what is our standard? That's our question, right? So let's look at Psalm 19, verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is... Let's try it again. The law of the Lord is, it's okay, you didn't know I wanted you to say it back, but we like participation, so I'm going to say it one more time. The law of the Lord is perfect. It doesn't say people are perfect. It doesn't say church is perfect. It doesn't say preachers are perfect. Oh, Jesus. It doesn't say Christians are perfect. It says the law of the Lord is perfect. It's perfect. We're looking for a standard. Converting or restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. Can I get an amen for that? I'm thankful for that. Make wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, so the principles of the Lord, God's ways are right. They're right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. You know, I've heard people say in our culture, society will tell you this. That people that believe in biblical things and biblical principles, they're living, they're naive. They're living in the the shadow. But now we're more enlightened We're more enlightened, so we know more than that old Bible. We're more enlightened now. Well, this scripture tells me that the commandments of the Lord, they enlighten the eyes. I'm not enlightened when I go away from the word of God. I'm enlightened when I go to the word of God. The fear of the Lord is clean. Anybody want to be clean in your life? I'm telling you, most people do not want to be found living in sin. They don't want to screw up their life. They don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to be a failure. They don't want to do bad things. Most people don't want to. The problem is they're not looking at the right guide. And when we don't look at the right guide, then we will make bad choices. But if we will keep our eyes and the fear of the Lord in our hearts, it will keep us clean. Mm, It's a good feeling. I always liked engaging with my, with my parents a lot better when I'd done nothing wrong. <laughs> I was never afraid of my dad coming home when I had done nothing wrong. 
But when earlier in the day my mom said, wait till your dad gets home. I didn't want to see my dad. But when you live clean, isn't it good? When you're living in deceit and lying and trying to cover up lies, it's not a clean way to live. It's, it's sickening. It hurts you. It's not good. All that deception and lies and turmoil. Ugh. But when you live clean, it's a great way to live. I didn't say you're going to live perfect. I hope not because I'm not perfect. But man, I just love what the Bible says here. I'm sorry. I'm staying too long on that subject. But where was I? Fear of the Lord. Uh, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, then much fine gold. In case you didn't get it the first time, he, he anted it up a little bit more. The word of the Lord is more precious than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So let's identify the true standard first. I found ten things Because the word of God is not just the standard for right and wrong. It is the standard for life. If you want any of these 10 things, I want to encourage you, the Bible's the place to go. Look at the 10 things that I found just in those five verses. I found restoration. It's the standard for restoration, the standard for wisdom, the standard for rejoicing, for purity, for enlightenment and understanding, for endurance and longevity, for truth and justice, for wealth, for protection, for benefits and rewards. It's the standard. You ever heard the phrase standard of excellence? Most of the time, people want to live by a standard of excellence. Not many times do you hear people, I just want to live by a standard of mediocrity. You don't hear that very often. The standard of excellence. God's word is the standard of excellence in every area of life. Too many times we've been taught that it's just the standard of excellence for being good at church things. It's the standard of excellence for being a good husband, being a good wife, being a good son, being a good daughter, being a good business owner, being a good employee. It's the standard of excellence for being a good athlete. What? The Bible doesn't say anything about I promise you if you will live your life according to the principle of God, you will be the best athlete you can possibly be. Or you can do it your own way and see how it works. Well, I know great athletes that don't serve God. I'm talking about the whole package. Everything will be in place. So it's a standard of excellence. I give you those 10 things. God's word is a standard for best living. So that's, that's where we start with the standard. Let's go to the second thing. Once we know what the standard is, then now we need to know what the difference is. So if you're going to recalibrate your life, we all have to find the same standard. You can't recalibrate off of different standards. Here's difference is about discovering or determining the deviation from the standard. If we're going to recalibrate our lives, if we know the standard, that's one thing. But after that, we got to check out where we are in relationship to the standard. It's one thing for you to hear messages and hear sermons and, boy, that's good, that's good. But if you never take them and apply them inwardly, they will not do you any good. It'll tickle your ears. You go, wow, that's awesome. But it will never change you. It'll only change you when you look at this step, which is you discover the deviation or the difference. Psalm 139 says this way, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. 
and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. The, the, the difference part is inviting God to examine you to see where you are in every area of your life. I'm not talking broad brushstroke like, am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? Don't be that general. Be more specific. Finding out where am I at in this relationship? Where am I at in this viewpoint? Where am I at in this perception? So it's about discovering that. And you're asking God to search you. You know why we're asking God to examine us and search us? <laughs> Psalm 26 verse 2 says this. says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me and try my mind and my heart. <laughs> why do I need to ask God to prove me, to examine me? Because I can't trust myself. Come on, somebody. We can't trust ourselves. You know why? Because we're so easy on ourselves. Because we like ourselves. And we don't want to have to correct ourselves because we love ourselves. And we want ourselves to be comfortable. And we like when we're right. Am I hitting home yet? <laughs> But we're afraid, this is why some people are afraid to ask God what he thinks about their situation because they're afraid he'll change it. I don't want to change, so I'm not going to ask God. I'm not going to ask him if he likes this person I want to have a relationship with because what if he says no? Hello? If he says no, it's because it's the best thing you've ever heard. Run for your life. But too many times we, we don't ask him because we think we know better than God. And so we ask him to examine us, to prove us, to try our hearts because we can't trust ourselves. But now look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It takes it to the next steps. It says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? That word examine means to learn the nature or character of someone by submitting them to thorough and extensive testing, to test them, to find it out. So this second step of difference is about finding out your gap from the standard. So it's a self-evaluation, if you will, of finding out where did I go wrong? Where did I turn right when I should have turned left? Where did I walk away from God? How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands and don't look at your neighbor or elbow them. All you have to do is think to yourself, have you ever been in that situation where you found yourself in a way of life that you said, how in the world did I get here? I never thought I would do these things. I never thought I would say these things. I never thought I would be that kid. I never thought I would be that person. I never thought that would happen to me. Somewhere along the way, we started to deviate even the slightest bit. See, when you're recalibrating, recalibrating is about accuracy. If you're going to really recal recalibrate, you can't recalibrate with vague estimations. Well, it's about somewhere around there. I'm pretty close, I, I love God. No, if you're gonna recalibrate, you gotta get specific, and here's some things that, that spoke out to me. Calibration is about being precise, and, and we, we gotta measure off the same standards. We wanna be accurate, so we find the standards, we gotta be accurate to the standards. Let me put it to you this way. If we're not measuring off the same standards and we're not accurate, then we're all just left to our own opinions. 
If you had a thermometer, your thermometer has to be calibrated to the right way of determining temperature. Otherwise, you could look at your thermometer and it could be according to the standard, it could be zero degrees outside. You look at your thermometer and it says it's 78. If you're not calibrated right, that thermometer of yours is giving you a false representation of reality. You're thinking you're going to go outside dressed for 78 and zero's going to slap you in the face. Another example, your speedometer. If your speedometer is not calibrated to the standard, your speedometer could be off 10 miles an hour. You think you're going 60. All of a sudden, along the road, one of our lovely police officers, <laughs> you see lights behind you. And they pull you over and they come up and say, hey, do you know how fast you were going? You say, absolutely, I was going 60. They said, no, 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 I clocked you going 70. Well, sorry about your luck, officer. I was going 60. Which standard matters in that situation? <laughs> Your standard doesn't matter. His radar has been calibrated to a specific thing, and it is your and my responsibility to make sure there is no difference between our system and his system. Are you tracking with me? This is the way we don't go to God and we tell him what our standard is. We conform to his just like that police officer is not going to say, oh, you, you thought you were going 60? Oh, okay, uh, maybe mine's wrong. Either No, yours is wrong. Mine's right. Get it checked. Get it fixed. It's a warning. That's what I'm handing out. It's a warning. But I want you to understand what calibration means and the importance of it. We've got to know the difference in our life. This is what happens when we lose our calibration spiritually. Just like the thermometer or just like the speedometer we can live our lives thinking everything is okay. You can live your life thinking, hey, I'm good with God, everything's fine. We're good. You could be out of God's will and not even know it. Just like you were breaking the law and you didn't even know it, you can, when we're spiritually out of calibration, we can be missing the will of God and not even be aware of it because we went off a little bit and started listening to ourselves instead of listening to God. We got to find the standard. We got to say, okay, God, come in and search me and examine me. I don't want to miss a thing. If you're making a big life decision, you need to make sure and hear the voice of God. You need to pray and pray. Should I take that job or should I not? Do not let things like, well, here's what they're going to pay. Here's the benefits. All those things are a part of the equation. But the ultimate decision maker should be, God, what do you want me to do? Should I marry them or not? Pray now. If you don't pray now, you'll be praying later. Let you interpret that how you want. <laughs> but it's God asking us. So once we know the standard, then now we got to know the difference. And then the third thing, the third step is conformity. Conformity. This is where we take corrective actions, make the proper corrections or adjustments necessary to conform to the standard. Once we know what the standard is, 
and we know where we are in relationship to the standard, now we have a million dollar question. Once we know what the standard is, and we know where we are in relationship to standard. In other words, we've been able to be honest with ourselves. Don't give yourself a pass, be real. You know God loves it more when you're real than when you're fake. You can't fake God out anyway. You might as well be honest and say, I'm really not living for Jesus right now. He knows if you are or not. You can snowball your friends, your parents, your neighbors, your kids. You can snowball all kinds of people, but you cannot snowball God. So be honest, once we determine our difference, and now we got a big decision. Here's the million dollar question. Once I know where I stand in that area, again, I'm not talking about generalities, in that area of your life, now the question is, what am I gonna do about it? This is where the rubber meets the road. Sometimes people can have no problem saying with the standard, I know this is what God says, and I know this is where I am. They can determine those two steps, but the third step of changing to conform to the standard. Mm, That's where it gets tough. It's one thing to recognize that God's word is true. It's one thing to recognize I'm not doing what I should be doing. But it's a whole nother ball game to make adjustments and corrections to conform to the standard. And say, I'm going to change whatever I need to change because I believe the standard is right and I am wrong. Oh, recalibrating's fun. But it's good. It's good because the standard is the best way to operate. So we got to make these corrective adjustments. Go to Romans chapter 12. Let's look at this and we'll, we'll finish up here. Romans chapter 12. Recalibrating our lives, adjusting. We see what the standard is. And we've, we see where we are in relationship to the standard. What's your... What's your standard for love? Let me, let me just drop a few, cat. while you're turning to Romans chapter 12. For those who maybe were taking it too general and you weren't finding specific application for your life, I'm gonna ask you right now, I'm gonna throw out some things to you and, and let you think about what is your standard in these areas? Because we're trying to measure with God. What's your standard for loving people? What's God's standard for loving people? What's your difference from God's standard? I'll get convicted just preparing it. What's your standard for forgiveness? A hush goes over the crowd. If we're gonna conform to the standard, then we realize I'm not forgiving, I need to forgive. The standard is forgiveness. The standard is unconditional. This is we're trying to match up with the standard. I'm just giving you some things. Maybe I'll go through them quicker so you won't feel so bad. Let's look at the next one. <laughs> kindness. What's your standard for kindness? I had a discussion with one of my kids about this and, and talked to them about, hey, other people's measure of kindness is not your measure of kindness. Your measure of kindness is the word of God. How people treat you is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is how you treat them. Our measurement, our standard is not other people. Our standard is Jesus. This is what he holds us to. Man, I'm gonna get caught preaching each one of these. What's your your standard for integrity and honesty? Mm. Everybody cheats a little bit on their taxes. Mm. Mm. Come on, let it marinate. 
Everybody doesn't report all their income. Oh, Jesus, move on. All right, husband. What's your standard? What's your standard for being a husband? What's your standard for being a wife, for being a parent, for being a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister? What's your standard for running a business? What's your standard for being an employee? What's your standard for giving and generosity? We got to conform to God's standards. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 says, and I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Looking at the words living sacrifice. In the context of the New Testament, the sacrificial system no longer involves dead animals. The sacrificial system in the context of the New Testament now involves living people. If we're going to live, present our bodies as living sacrifices, we're saying, notice what it says, you present. You know what the word present means? It's to make a presentation. We also use it on Christmas to give a gift or a present, gift a present. What is a present? When you present something, you're offering it to them, no strings attached. How many of you this Christmas gave them a present with a bill? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Do you have a check? Or cash. Like when we cash or check, hey, I've even got a little square on my iPod. You can even pay right here for your Christmas gift. Nobody does that. Well, this is what we got to do when we give our lives to God. We present it to God. We give it as a present to him, living sacrifice. This is what he's telling us to do. As we recalibrate our life, we're giving everything over to him. And notice what he goes on to say in verse 2. And do not be conformed. The third step, the standard, the difference, and then conformity. And do not be conformed to this I'll say it again. Do not be conformed to this. One more time. Do not be conformed to this world. It, uh, the word conformed is very important. As, we, as I give you the definition of the word conform, it means to form or mold one's behavior in accordance with a particular pattern or set of standards. What are the standards you're conforming your life by? That's all God's asking us to question ourselves. I'm asking God, what are the standards that I'm conforming to? What set of standards am I conforming to? What values am I conforming to? What am I shaping my life like? Recalibrating is about understanding God's way is the best way to live. It's the standard. It's the gold standard. Do you remember, how many of you are old enough to remember when the United States was still on the gold standard? You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe you're embarrassed to do so. Do you even know what the gold standard is? Okay, economy folks, we got to educate. Gold standard used to be every dollar was supposed to be backed up and supported by gold in Fort Knox. So that we didn't print any money that didn't actually have value to it. We've kind of went away from that just a little bit. <laughs> different subject, different subject. But here's what we're talking about. The gold standard or the standard of excellence is understanding that God's way is the best way for me to look at life. And now I've got to discover how far am I off? How far am I deviated from that standard? And once I've found that out, now I need to make the changes or the adjustments. If I leave my speedometer 10 miles an hour off because I don't think I should have to change it, guess what's going to happen? Another trip where you're pulled over by the police and you say, well, I just don't think I need to change that. Okay, no problem. Next time it's a ticket. It's another ticket. Another ticket. Where's it going to go? Because you don't think you should conform to the standard. 
How long do we want to keep living a life out of calibration in an area? I'm walking in bitterness. I know I'm bitter. I know I'm angry, but I'm just going to keep doing it because I don't think I should have to change. You can keep going that way, but it's to your own detriment. Recalibrate your life. Get on the standard and walk in the principles of God. You will like it much better. Like much better. He says, conform. Conform, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. We won't conform unless we do this part. Transform by renewing your mind. I wrote this down. Corrective measures requires repentance. Standard, difference. Conformity means I got to repent. You know what repent means? It really just means to change the way you think. Too many times people have been convinced that repentance means I'm sorry. Repentance is not about being sorry. Repentance is about changing the way you think so that you will change the way you behave. Conformity is when I change my mindset where that is no longer good and now that is good. That used to be okay, now it's bad. Now this is good. I'm saying yes to something and no to something else. It's making a change in my heart. I'm repenting. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know what the kingdom of heaven means? It didn't mean that that heaven... It meant heaven's system, heaven's way of looking at things came onto the earth. So he's asking us to conform. Recalibrate in the Cambridge Dictionary, I found this. I don't often read from the Cambridge Dictionary, but I stumbled across this. It means to change the way you do or think about something. So I want to ask you, are you ready to recalibrate your life in 2018? I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you, but I, I believe higher than that. <laughs> I believe God is challenging all of us to recalibrate. What is your standard for living your life by? Do you shoot from the hip? Is your determination of what is right or wrong based on I think? Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Or I think that's fine. Careful. You could be 10 miles an hour off and not even know it. You could be going outside thinking it's 78 and it's zero. You could be living your life in one direction, thinking everything was great, and the undercurrent is eating away at your life. So let's recalibrate. 21 days of prayer and fasting is not about just doing it for 21 days, but it's a jump start to our year. So number one, what's the standard? I want you to remember these points. I want you to take them home with you. Number one, what is the standard in my life? What am I living my life by? If the Bible goes on my shelf on Sunday at noon and I don't pick it up until Sunday morning, it's hard to live a standard, live by that standard. I need it in my heart. Number two, what is the difference between me and the standard? What's the, how much have I deviated? Where have I gone wrong? Where have I slipped out? And number three, what are the adjustments that I need to make right now? to change? What relationships do I need to change? What decisions do I need to change? What attitude do I need to change? What way of thinking do I need to change? God, do I need to look at that person differently through your eyes? I looked at them with hatred, but you look at them through love. God, let me see them through your eyes. And when I look through his eyes and I conform to his ways, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a cleanliness come into my heart because God's way's better. I'm not going to be worried about dad finding out what I'm doing. 
I'm not gonna be worried about mom finding out where I was because I'm living clean. Not perfect, but living for God is the best way to live. What's your standard? How much are you different? And then what are you going to do about it to change it?